This is the Public News Service Daily Newscast, March 7th, 2022. I'm Gina Tempesta. Another blow to the Russian economy, Visa, MasterCard and American Express all said that they are suspending operations in the country. Meanwhile, there's some relief for the 30,000 Ukrainians temporarily living in the United States as they've been granted temporary protective status for the next 18 months. But Ukrainian refugees here are worried about their relatives in the country. The family petitions require processing at a U.S. embassy, and the U.S. embassy in Ukraine is closed. But it will take a long time. I mean, the Ukrainian has to successfully flee and then get in touch with relatives here. The paperwork has to be filed. It's a very, very long process. That's Catherine Miller-Wilson of Hyas, Pennsylvania, a nonprofit that serves both refugees and immigrants. With declining COVID numbers and lifting mask requirements, doctors say recovery itself can be challenging. More from Eric Tigatoff. Dr. Trenton James, a psychiatrist for Kaiser Permanente in Seattle, says stress, fear, and exhaustion are normal responses to this health crisis. He says people shouldn't ignore the strain the pandemic has put on mental health and can take care of themselves in other ways to help alleviate that stress. Identify good self-care routines and stick to them. I often encourage my patients to be kind to yourself and focused on the basics, like going for daily walks. Even being able to go outside and enjoy the sunshine when we do get it and breathing in fresh air. The CDC also has revised its recommendations, saying people who aren't in counties with high transmission rates can go without masks. Oregon is addressing the nursing shortage by licensing students to perform certain tasks in a hospital. That licensure is really going to help nursing students who need to get a place where they can practice their skills while they're in school, give them an opportunity to make money and support their education. Jenna Bitten, who heads the Oregon Center for Nursing, says COVID-19 exacerbated the already existing nursing shortage. Similar to other problems, a new survey now shows that more than half the students at the nation's historically black colleges and universities experience food insecurity in the last 30 days. Lily Bolke reports. More than half experienced housing insecurity during the pandemic, with many students reporting choosing between paying rent or buying food. The report notes the disproportionate impact of COVID-19 on HBCU students exacerbates existing racial inequities. Terrell Strayhorn co-authored the report with the Center for the Study of Historically Black Colleges and Universities at Virginia Union. He says investing in student needs is key to increasing student success. And it's hard to feel like you belong in higher education when your basic needs are not met and you don't have enough money to pay your bills and have food and have a place to lay your head, but you're expected to show up for biology class. This is PNS. Major federal programs approved last year are expected to help states boost public works projects, and separate grant opportunities are available to help spur smaller community improvement projects. Details from Iowa. AARP is accepting applications for its annual Community Challenge Grant Program. Local governments and nonprofits can seek small grants for quick turnaround projects designed to make their towns and cities more livable. And a new category involves leveraging money from the infrastructure law or the American Rescue Plan. Connie Eastman of AARP Iowa says it aligns with the past work they've funded. The majority of them have been to improve public spaces. But we've also had a handful going to transportation, housing, and some civic participation efforts. The deadline for the Community Challenge Grants is March 22nd. AARP says the process isn't as onerous as traditional grant applications and can be completed online. 
I'm Mike Moen. As housing and construction costs soar, a legislative debate in Idaho highlights the short-term, long-term challenge of addressing climate change. State officials, supported by the construction industry, want more control over building codes that regulate energy efficiency in order to reduce costs. Opponents point to long-term savings from going green. Legislators want to lock the 2018 codes into the statute so that any changes must be approved by the House, Senate, and Governor. A similar bill would also place lawmakers directly in charge of electrical, mechanical, and plumbing codes. Jonathan Oppenheimer with Idaho Conservation League says both bills would ultimately take control away from local governments. We've often heard the refrain that government closest to the people governs best, but in this case what it is doing it is saying that the legislature knows best and precluding local communities from adopting standards and codes that make sense for their communities. In Washington, D.C., thousands of coal miners and their families who rely on the Black Lung Disability Trust Fund are closely watching a bill that has been stalled on Capitol Hill. Nadia Rumlagon has more. At the end of last year, the fund's revenue source, an excise tax on domestically produced and sold coal, was slashed by more than half. And experts say the fund is on track to run out of money. Democratic lawmakers have proposed legislation that would extend the excise tax at its original rate through 2031. Arvin Hanshaw is president of the Nicholas County Black Lung Association in West Virginia. He says the monthly stipend helps cover miners' hefty medical bills and living expenses. Without your oxygen, your your, uh, inhalers and stuff that you need, and they're not going to be able to afford it. And the communities, they'll suffer too. According to the U.S. Government Accountability Office, the trust fund has borrowed from the Treasury's general fund almost every year since 1979. This is Gina Tempesta for Public News Service. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.